0: If you ignore the beginning and indeed the end of that, that was actually quite enjoyable, to be fair, Rich, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. I, I just don't know why United wouldn't let me enjoy like a whole game at once. No,
0: no. I, I mean, we got what sixty, seventy minutes out of that that were somewhat pleasurable.
1: Yeah, it was. I guess it was less stressful than most of our recent games I, we still I don't have know got...
0: it got pretty damn hairy towards the end and then it got really <laughs> hairy
1: toward... completely unnecessarily hairy towards the end and, and I suppose we had the, the familiar and almost comforting start of United going behind and playing like a bunch of strangers away from oh, home oh yeah yeah for, yeah. Uh... yeah that was very familiar I mean we've won <clears throat> now won six away games in a row and conceded the first
0: goal in all of them I can remember, I can remember... and can scored three goals in each of them as well yeah. should we give the people some context for what we're actually talking about yeah. them before we carry yeah, it's on gone then. OK, so if you're wondering what we're talking about, this is the time where I introduce ourselves. Hello, welcome to the Red Voices podcast. You've got him, Richard Cannon, me, you, and Leonard to discuss Manchester United's somewhat dodgy 3-2 victory over Sheffield United this evening, and a rather drab 0-0 draw against Manchester City several days, a couple of games for the women's team, and Rich had a quick watch of the United under-23s at the weekend, so he's going to run the rule over that. But before we get to all that, Richard, darling, how are we?
1: I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. My, my, my heart rate is now returned to near-normal.
0: Yes, I was considering what sort of creative expletives were going to form on the basis of my tweets <laughs> had uh, set managed to get that half folly in towards the end. But thankfully, United were... Tiptoeing across, going full self destruction, but didn't quite go all the way. Thankfully, mm. but I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It just have been the most united thing to have not gotten a result. Like, what, look at the games we've seen in the week so far. Liverpool dropped points away at Fulham, uh, Craven Cottage on Sunday. Spurs drew at the weekend to Palace and then lost to Liverpool. City dropped points against West Brom on Wednesday night. Chelsea lost to Wolves. Leicester lost to Everton last night, so of course, you know, us with the easiest assignment in this game week to go away, in. in we, we've won every single away game that we played so far this season in the league, all five of them, despite having come from behind and scored a minimum of three goals in each, so of course, the first thing we do in this game against Chris Wilder, Sheffield United, is concede within the first couple of minutes, mm. I mean, you'd say you can't write this script, but we've literally written this script about seven times already this season. Yeah, it's, it's at just, least.
1: It's night follows day, isn't it? You know, United, night follows day, and United are awful at the start of games and concede. Again, on in, in this occasion, it was a basic mistake from, from Henderson. You, know, you can't really look at anybody else t- to blame for that, but it comes again from United trying to play out the back through a high press surprise surprise we aren't very good at it and we haven't been very good at it for a really long time and it will lead to mistakes because we've seen pretty much all of the back four or five make mistakes doing that this season so it still baffles me why we continue to from every goal kick spend about a minute
0: trying to get out of our own area Yeah, I mean the the thing is if United are some you know, occasionally pressed into taking a massive punt upfield there's not necessarily a high likelihood that we're going to win the aerial duel. I guess that's the only way you could say that Solskjaer wants to keep us passing out from the back because the likes of Rashford, Martial, Greenwood and perhaps Fernandes aren't necessarily all that tall. So, and they're not necessarily fantastic in the air when it comes to, to holding up the ball in those instances. So he's worried that the ball will just come straight back to us. But at least it's much less dangerous than passing it out from the back and losing it that high up the pitch. Mm.
1: You know, I can understand why at times we do it, but it's it's the fact that we stick to it with almost... Cultish zeal in every game, even if it's not working. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we saw we saw in Leipzig um, last week. You know, there's another team that are really, really highly drilled and and we're pressing very high at the start and putting a lot of pressure on our on our defence. And, and we we are generally, I think, very poorly drilled defensively. Um, we will, obviously we'll talk about the the end of the game later. But again, night follows day. United concede from being high pressed and they concede from set pieces and those things come Mm -hmm. down to come down to organization really um you know you can have a group of reasonably talented defenders and you can you can train them to to be pretty decent at set pieces and to to do things that match their skill sets and not do things that don't and we seem to be completely wedded to these two things
0: which are both quite
1: counterproductive for us
0: yeah and you know in the way that that game progressed I guess the real benefit I mean you know speak a little bit about Dean Henderson first in the sense that his first Premier League start and that happened several minutes in the ground playing at all of last season on loan really unfortunate for him and it was just a, a complete lapse in concentration wasn't it you know he thought he had more time on the ball than he had and it was good work by Burke to touch it out to McGoldrick who was in acres of space and then tapped into an empty net um, and the thing is, especially in that first sort of 10 minutes, and I think it wasn't long after that, that uh, Fleck had a decent chance to make it 2 Now, after Matic got completely done by a nice little flick. The concerning thing for me was that we were giving the bottom team in the country a team that haven't even won a game in the league so far this season, who are on course to better Derby County's immortally terrible Premier League season in the 07-08 campaign we were giving this team who by all accounts they haven't been absolutely abysmal but they've just been so porous defensively and so low on confidence we were letting them get a grip on the game just because we were consistently deciding to pass it out from the back and not giving ourselves any reprieve and it was incredibly easy to press having said that what i really liked was that those goals came from good periods of possession and and quick flashes of brilliance and some really good through balls from Lindelof and Pogba. And that first one in particular, considering just prior to that, both Martial and Rashford, they might have been suspicions of offside, or at least they were very marginal, but they both either missed the target or couldn't find a way past Ramsdale. To get that goal that way with a great pass from Lindelof and an excellent first touch from Rashford and shot. That was exquisite goal. It was just nice to see us still capable of springing those moments from absolutely nothing when we're struggling to break a team down.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was completely baffling seeing Sheffield United playing with such a high line against United. I mean, if there's one thing we they did, it was playing to our hands tactically, um, certainly in a defensive sense. They were so high. And if you bear in mind as well that obviously Sandy Berger had, had to go off, which who I thought was probably the biggest danger offensively, and and possibly defensively for United, um, I think he's the by far Sheffield United's the best player. And brought on Phil Jagielka, the what is he thirty seven, thirty eight now, <laughs> and, and still and still persisted to play an enormously high line against probably one of the quickest forward lines in in the country. And again, against, yeah,
0: that was Gary Neville at the Hawthorns level, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. And it, you know, just against against a team that are is devastating. I, d- I doubt there's another team. You know, the one thing we do right is. Is we are absolutely devastating on the counter attack, um, mm. and every team that's caused us trouble has, has simply prevented us from doing that. So it just made no sense. I didn't understand what, why Sheffield United were lining up as they were and how you know what they were trying to achieve, mm. but to get done twice. And I have to say, Pogba was had a really really good game, I thought, um, and his ball, his, his clip ball over the top for Martial for the second was you know a beautiful little pass as well
0: yeah what was the disagreement there with well, me McCoy constantly saying I'm not sure if that was deliberate yeah I've I watched don't. the replay of that and you can literally pinpoint it Martial sets off immediately as the ball is coming towards Pogba he knows exactly what he was doing there and it was an yeah. excellent run I can't quite understand I mean we've seen Pogba do that plenty of times over the last several years so to not get the credit for that setup which was a beautiful I don't think it actually counts as an assist because Ramsdale got a touch before Martial actually tapped it in yeah. and again Martial needed that goal but yeah exquisite build-up play at the very least
1: yeah it was I like. I actually like McCoist. not not because he's actually any good at analysing things but you, we've got a lot of co um, COCOMs who try very hard to be extremely technical and and try try a bit too hard to to be insight, too insightful whereas McCoy's clearly just doesn't care he's just there he's just he's just there for a laugh he's not going to try he's getting paid to just watch a football match
0: yeah he's just there for the good vibes i appreciate yeah, he is. that
1: yeah he is yeah and he's clearly a fun time man so i can't i can't criticize him too much yeah i mean he was clearly a, he was clearly a deliberate pass and a, a deliberate run from from Martial that led to the goal it's just really nice to see Martial get off the mark because he is a confidence player we've seen we've seen in the start of the season that he's clearly really low on confidence and just to get that goal I mean you could actually see for a man who rarely smiles you could actually see how how much that goal Meant
0: to him after after he sort of towed it in. Yeah, and without wanting to dumb him down too much, he gets lucky, as I said, because he's trying to go for the touch and just trying to flick it over the on rushing Ramsdale, but he doesn't get any contact and it just glances off the keeper and gives Martial the, t- the chance to toe poke it in. Mm. I mean, it was great work to actually get on the end of the ball in the initial instance anyway. And again, after that, I thought he actually improved in terms of his gen- general confidence and his positioning. And his work off the ball. And you said this completely, you've hit the nail on the head, it's completely down to confidence, isn't it? When Martial's feeling himself, he's exquisite. When he's not, he's. Passenger seems a bit harsh, but he's nowhere near as effective as he can be. And that can cause real problems, especially when he's our centre forward. But, you know, when United went 2 1 up, I mean, the way in which Sheffield United retreated into their shell for the next, what, 40, 50 minutes was market to say the least and Mm. United I mean the only thing I look back on that second half and think that United really should have scored more goals you know the, the third goal was an excellent move you know it was an exquisite turn from Pogba to set through Greenwood who gets fouled and referee plays a great advantage and then it's wonderful bits of tapping between bruno and martial and rashford Eventually martial i'm not necessarily sure if he meant to set that up for rashford or whether or not it was a poor first touch because he goes to run after it afterwards and a great finish by rashford even if ramsdale gets a bit to it at that stage considering the chances that we created after that it's disappointing that we didn't improve our goal difference which is the worst i believe in the top 10 bar wolves who currently have minus three so we're currently sitting on three and we're only off fifth place behind Everton because we didn't score any goal, any further goals. So disappointing, especially against a team that's been so porous in defence that we didn't really fully take advantage of our dominance and that we let them back in and could easily have drawn that tonight.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? I sometimes feel like when United are ahead, there's just a, a little bit of Casualness. I don't know. I think. I think when we've been so devastating in the periods, in periods of games, we just kind of feel like we can do that again and again and again, and so you end up just cruising a bit. And we we'd had the lead or, or, or a two goal lead for quite a long time in in that half, and it just felt like we kind of switched off a bit. But what the interesting thing was that, um, Sheffield United clearly know the strengths and weaknesses of Dean Henderson, and they they'd obviously identified that he isn't. Particularly good on the with the ball at his feet as a goalkeeper, and I think that's something we knew, we knew anyway. You know, he's a sort of classic shot stopper, but also you saw every set piece they were absolutely crowding him, and you clearly that they they'd seen something last year that made them think that if you that he's not the most dominant um, goalkeeper at, 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 at sort of dealing with set pieces inside his own area. So if you if you crowd him and get a lot of men on him, then he's not not really able to deal with it, and that that was really. At fault? What was at fault for the the, the last goal? He did he did seem for, for for a lot of the corners to stay too too close to his line. He didn't really come out. There was one one corner where he came out and punched it about seven or eight yards out and, and got a clearance on it. But far too often he he, he was staying on his line, and that's something that, Yeah, he looked really pensive in
0: those and, situations. Yeah, he did, and
1: that's something De Gea does as well. You know, we we do really miss in many ways a, a really dominating goalkeeper that 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 kind of cleans out forwards and and (laughs) and sort of tries to own the whole area rather than just the kind of six yard box um and it was just really weird to see not not even dive for it as well it was just kind of like he just watched it loll up into the net and and kind of picked it up yeah obviously we're going to talk about what happened after that i mean he ultimately produced a brilliant save to to keep it at three two um which, but that's his strength. You know, his strength is quite clearly shot stopping, and that's 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 what he's good at. Um, but I, I think on on balance, he, he had a bit of a day to forget today, and it wouldn't surprise me now if De Gea comes back and stays stays where he is. Aside from the the League Cup League Cup game at
0: Everton, mm, yeah, I think it's difficult for Henderson because he certainly benefited from having such a sustained run under Valdo over at uh, Sheffield United last season and then at that stage in your development you really want to kick on and be playing first team football each and every week and that's just not the way the season's panned out and in some ways it was never going to pan out like that. Solskjaer has done about the only thing he could do realistically which is playing sparingly which means that he's lacking any sort of proper match rhythm and when it comes to instances like that it's a really unforgiving environment in which you're trying to improve your Uh, craft right so you mentioned there that he's not necessarily been great in the air and he's getting closed down very quickly and those are two crucial crucial aspects of his game that he really needs time and space to work on and he's just not going to get that if he's playing what every five to six weeks or so no it'd be good hopefully we see him play at goodison park next week in that aforementioned league cup quarter final game which has another really interesting layer of complexity to our fixture that's going into the new year which is already looking pretty mad not discounting the fact that we have still got to find some way of fitting in this uh, this game in hand that's been hanging over us now since the start of the season and God knows when we're actually going to get the chance to finish it Mm. but yeah it finished up 3-2 thankfully we uh, Musa didn't get that half volley in towards the end as you mentioned great save by Henderson and we wind off this game week in sixth place knowing that if we had won or we do win that game in hand over Burnley whenever we play it we would currently be two points off top spot which is of course Liverpool Mm. I mean this league season is in such flux there's no gimmies as we saw tonight there's no simple results there's surprises happening each and every well most weeks really aren't there Mm. there there rarely seems to be a weekend where one of the bigger teams doesn't drop points and it really is just going to be down to consistency over whether United can mount any sort of title charge now I know that we obviously were completely gutted after the RB Leipzig game last week but one thing that I'm really hoping for is that United use that disappointment and that, you know, the bitter way in which we got knocked out and hopefully turn it into some sort of sustained form and some consistency because the league is there to be won this season it really really is i know liverpool are on paper and indeed in practice a better side than we are in terms of the way that they're drilled in terms of their consistency in terms of their form and in terms of the quality that they have and just the way that they work off the ball and on it but they're dropping points they were really incredibly limited against uh you know Maybe not an excellent, but a pretty average Fulham side at the weekend. And Fulham were good value for that point. You know, there there are going to be more and more occasions where United are going to be able to get points on the teams above them if they can keep winning games. Now we look at the fixture list that we got coming up, it's pretty filthy and going into the new year really, isn't it, Rich? You know, Mm. it's Leeds at home and we're terrible at home. And then we've got Everton and then what is it? Leicester, Wolves, and then Villa. And none of these are going to be easy games. You know, Wolves is going to be what a guaranteed 0-0, 1-1 draw, which is going to be filthy <laughs> to watch for the full 90 minutes, really, isn't it? I mean, mm. death taxes, games against Wolves being rubbish to watch, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no denying that one whatsoever. But it is there for United to really put something together. I mean, United haven't been this close to the top of the league in years it feels like i mean even at this stage when we were how we were you know up against city in Mourinho's second season it still felt like we weren't anywhere near or close because city were just so good this season the points tally that we've got to overhaul isn't that difficult if we really are talking about trying to get it at to the top and the teams above us are that inconsistent that it does feel like there's an opportunity for united if they can get their shit together
1: there's an opportunity for lots of teams um, we Ooh. we clearly are. It is clearly a mad season. Um, yes, but we're
0: a united podcast. Rich, we are. So. We
1: are. We are about. I'm just. I'm just trying to trying to say that looking through the fixture list while you were talking about it there, and it's felt like almost from about the third or fourth week of the season, all of our fixtures always look really hard. If you read through them, they all look really hard, and I think it's because the season's been a bit more crazy this year. But, but you've got teams like Everton and Southampton and even Villa um, to a degree, West Ham. These sorts of teams that are actually putting up results that they would normally wouldn't and so games against those sides suddenly become have seem to have far more jeopardy than they than they normally would and I think the the relentlessness of the games and the physical demands of that as well may just mean that there is more jeopardy to a lot of a lot of games that that a lot of the top teams have I mean Liverpool are struggling because they've had a few key injuries and they're having to you know stick out young players who clearly aren't at the moment on the on anything like the level of the players they're they're replacing they're having to use those players game after game because they just don't have the resources to to fulfill all these fixtures with with their strongest team out it is just a really weird season isn't it I mean I've said before and to a degree you would you'd agree that I think if we had a better manager than Nolly then we have the talent to unquestionably be challenging at the top or near the top in a normal season, in my opinion. You know, not one that's quite as batty as this. I think we've got enough talent in that side, particularly in, in a creative and offensive sense, that a better coach would have them better drilled defensively and we, we would be getting more out of them. But at the moment, so many of United's performances come down to talent, don't they? They come down to individual mm-hmm. moments and, and particular brilliance by by individuals. And because of the way the season is this season, we have the individuals who can win us a lot of games, just like that we don't score ugly goals do we we don't score scruffy goals
0: no no I mean every goal tonight was well worked I think the we, we've seen examples of this throughout the season so far a lot of this season is going to be in it to a mod to a certain extent death or glory isn't it you yeah. know if you look at the where we were at 3-1 up and you think back to van der Beek not playing Rashford clean through when it was just one centre-back left and he was in acres of space you're thinking if he scores that 4-1 the game is comfortably over and United got a better goal difference and might even go on to score a fifth he doesn't play the pass we concede a goal and we almost concede a third so United are constantly because of the way that we are making mistakes when we're piling forward leaving themselves with these opportunities to make their nights far more stressful and it's whether or not our good players can make the right decisions in key moments. That's going to really define how far we go into this league campaign and how where we end up at the end of the season. Because you're right, I do think that there's definitely a core of a decent side here that under a better manager could be challenging. For the time being, whilst we do look defensively so disorganised, whilst there is definitely a communication problem between the keeper and the back four, And whilst our games still have an element of chaos in there, it really is 50-50 over whether or not we're really going to push on much further than where we are now. And Mm. I'd love it to happen, but it's very much up in the air. Let's see where we are after the game against Villa, because I don't expect us to win the next four or five in a row. And you know, magically we might end up at the top of the table if we get lucky. Let's see where we are in the new year, I guess. I mean, obviously we'll be talking during then, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to put a pen in it for the time being. And speaking of which, let's take a quick break. We've a small favour to ask, friends. If you're enjoying the show, please help spread the word. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or any podcast app you use. It's a small thing that helps shows like ours to move up podcast rankings and generate more listeners, and it would be hugely appreciated. Right, Richard, quick game for the under-23s. Drew 2-2 with City at Lee Sports Village at the weekend, and you had thoughts on it. I do have thoughts on it. I mean, we've spoken before about how... Strong the Academy
1: is at the moment. The under-18s are now six points clear at the top of their, the northern um, under-18 division. And they beat Leeds 4-0 yesterday. Uh, again, we've talked about how United have been stockpiling these foreign players before Brexit as well. Young young foreign, foreign talent. And, and the under-23s have improved drastically as well. I mean, if you think if you look back to last season, we were playing in the second division. We'd, we'd been relegated the season before and we're playing in the second division basically just walking it because we had some good players like gomez and chong and, and greenwood at times and, and others and um to to actually come back into the the, the the top division of premier league 2 and compete as well as we have is is really really promising and united i think they started the day in sixth before the 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 derby against city and it was just a really real shame they they started poorly and conceded but then the rest of the first half was a really really promising um, period and they went in at half-time 2-1 up. Pellestri got a goal um, which I think is his third in three games. He's really look, looking like he's got something although I think he's still got a way to go before he's ready to play first-team football and, and City had a, a player sent off as well um, so United came out for the second half against 10 men but really kind of fell apart a bit and City really dominated the second half with the 10 men, scored from a corner and probably should have won the game but so it finished 2-2 um and United and City are still in the mix towards the top. Um and it's it's a really really competitive season, but it's just it's nice to see a few of these players stepping up. It's always nice to see players step up from the under 18s to the under 23s and United do that at a very early stage, so results aren't really the primary objective in the way that United do it. So you 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 we've seen very regularly in the last 18 months or so. 16-year-olds being pushed up to the under-23s for a game or for a few games. And if they do well, they just stay there. I think we've got a really good little conveyor belt of, of talent going on there. And it's going to be really interesting to see what we do with them. Because I would say there are probably two or three in that under-23s team that I think have genuinely got a chance of being integrated into the first team and staying there. Maybe more. And and you could probably say the same with the under-18s as well. So if there's one if there's one positive, we talked about Oli's coaching and, and what we think his deficiencies are there but he, he will clearly give the young players a chance and I think mm. that's been quite a useful selling point for United as well hasn't it that you know if you, you're a young player obviously we pay them well but come to United and you can see that you've really got a chance to to you will be given a chance in the first team if you do well enough mm. so so more, again more, more positive results both both the under 18s and the under uh, 23s even if they couldn't quite close out against City
0: yeah and one positive result and one less positive result for United women over the last week as well who have uh, uncharacteristically had two games in the last week. Uh, the second the most recent was a 1-0 Conti Cup defeat to Everton in the final game of the group stages which has been uh, delayed but after the last six weeks it was meant to be played in November. Um, as much as I saw of it it's it was very much a case of United just needing to play the game and maybe try and try out a few more combinations and players who haven't necessarily seen a lot of first team football. So Jane Ross came back into the equation, Ivana Fuso finally made her debut after suffering a couple of injuries during training uh, over the last sorry the first couple of months of the season and looked really lively, but United just couldn't finish off their chances and they had several decent ones and then conceded a bad goal in the uh, towards the end of the second half and that was it. Yeah, I mean it, but in many ways United had already not been knocked out and weren't going to qualify for the knockout stages, so it was something of a free hit. Far more important was a 2-1 Win away at Reading on Sunday. Now, Reading had drawn four games, one all, prior to going into this match and started relatively well. Causes a couple of problems with Jess Fishlock looking pretty decent and chucking a couple of long range efforts towards Mary Earp's. United got ahead through Leah Galton, who scored a great goal on the breakaway after a really good pass by a Ladd, and probably should have made it two prior to a Jess Fishlock deflected shot by Millie Turner, I think it was, going to second half, which was. A comical deflection so bad that Mary couldn't get anywhere near it. But they, after that goal in particular, they really seemed to struggle to get their their fluidity back. And Reading had a couple of occasions due to some incredibly chaotic defending by Kirsty Smith and Amy Turner and Millie Turner that let them in on several occasions. And thankfully, we just about got away with it. Held firm and managed to get Hayley Ladd a very close range header from a corner going into the last five minutes of the game. Big, big win. Casey Stone described it as an ugly win And that was perfect But it sets us up quite nicely For the last game of 2020 Which is at home to Rock bottom of the table Bristol City Now Bristol City's goal difference At the moment Stands at minus 34 Mm. (laughs) So they've not had the best of seasons So far out of 9 They've drawn 2 and lost 7 and United goal difference is 13 they currently sit atop the table as they have them for a number of weeks three points ahead of Chelsea but the Chelsea team have a game in hand and a five goal uh, better cushion in terms of their goal difference so if we're going to be disrespectful in any way to Bristol then I do apologize but this is really a game that Side have to be looking to win and win comfortably because all United can do at the minute is keep taking care of their own business, you know, they've done that incredibly well so far this season, they're one of only two teams out of the 12 who have gone unbeaten so far this term, obviously the other one being Chelsea and with City starting to find their form but still five points behind and Arsenal shaking a little bit, this is really the opportunity for United to put a nice little stamp on the end of this year and finish it strongly, you would have thought they would be able to rack up a good fair few goals and this could come back and bite me in the backside, spectacular as it often does when it comes to talking about Manchester United but you're expecting a pretty decent win for United on Sunday afternoon at League Sports Village and hopefully it'll be a good way to sign off the year which has been incredibly productive so far this term and if we keep this up it could turn into something really special for the team in their third season Uh, one, I mean this is arguably the most, the least interesting game that United have played for some time Richard a couple of minutes before we look forward to uh, Leeds at the weekend on the Manchester derby, now looking back on how well, i put it crap, City were by their lofty standards against West Brom at the Etihad last night. To come away with just a point from this game uh, the weekend feels extra disappointing, but I guess in the context of how chaotic United games have been, but how bad we were defensively, in some ways, I guess, seeing that we were capable of some level of organisation and stoicism, I guess, was at least something positive to take out of a really drab derby draw.
1: Yeah, it was a really odd game. It it seemed to me that there were two managers who were both a bit scared of of getting getting a humping. You know, United had come off coming off the back of the of the Leipzig shambles. City City's form has been really odd, hasn't it? Um, there's just something. There's something missing. Something something incisive incisive or in terms of composure or confidence in their attacking. I don't know, um, but there's something not right. And you, I think Guardiola was. Particularly afraid of coming to United and having the same thing happen that last year, whereby City kind of did what City do and opened up, and then United just did them on the counter attack, really, or just just eked out a couple of chances and 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 beat them two nil. So yeah, it was it was just a really strange game. Two managers who I think were a bit. Bit afraid to lose, but what it meant was that I think it's now I think it's now six or seven home Premier League home games since United last scored a goal from open play. Someone might correct me on that, but I think it's I think it's something like that.
0: Well, Van der Beek scored against Palace in that first game, yeah. but I think we have scored twice since then, and they've both been Bruno penalties.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely terrible. I mean, if you look at look at United's away form, it's absolutely exceptional. We've we've now won all six of our games away from home this season I think it makes it some eight in a row in all, uh, taking in the, the end of last season as well but the home form is equally terrible um, and it's not just that we're defending poorly we're not creating at all um, and it's really difficult to understand what where the issue is and why we're having that problem at home and not away you have to think that there's got to be an element of of the way we're approaching these games tactically um, because even against West Brom, if you go back to West Brom, which is the only home game we've won in the last seven or eight in the, in the league, um, <laughs> you know I think pretty that were, weren't we? United were lucky to win that game. You know, West Brom could mm. possibly have had a penalty before United scored, and then United got a penalty which may not have been given, and and we won one nil. West Brom hit the bar. United were just really just there was just no fluency, and I, I just it, it kind of feels like the lack of the lack of depth in the coaching perhaps is shown more at home where you need to be breaking teams down than it is away where there's more space and you can you can take advantage of those quick really high quality players in attacking areas that we've got yeah i mean it just it just looked like two teams who who didn't really know what they were you know united don't really know how to play at home at the moment and city just don't seem to really know how to find themselves again so you ended up with a really cautious game where no one was willing to take a chance and the two managers probably just not wanting to get hammered
0: yeah i mean thank good we didn't bother recording after that game that would have been fun well there wasn't a lot to say was there really not really no i mean united had one penalty chalked off which was definitely a penalty carl walker deciding to kick marcus rashford's foot wasn't necessarily the best plan but a marginalness of offsides which was pretty annoying but Yeah, not much else to say from that really, was there? You know, David De Gea not really forcing so many decent saves. And it leads us on to the first derby with Leeds since, oh gosh, 2014, 15, I want to say. I remember Mm. playing them in the League Cup over at Elland Road it's the first time we played them in the league in God knows how long it's been some time Um, a real shame as well with uh, Manchester and Greater Manchester staying into tier 3 in terms of the Covid restrictions that we won't have any fans at Old Trafford for it because it'd be a great occasion to welcome welcome in inverted commas leads back to uh, Manchester for the first time in some time I mean in terms of how that game goes you know we've seen plenty of leads so far this season and their games have even more of a chaotic element than ours just because they're yeah. so sprightly aren't they you know i mean I, I would wonder if it in some ways we saw elements of what we're going to see flashes of what we're going to see tonight in that game on sunday in the sense that you would expect bielsa to get leads to press us very high up the pitch but also leave plenty of space in behind if we can get it over that initial wave and if united because we've seen plenty of times leads will press and they'll harry and they'll really push and score some they'll score a number of goals they'll also leave a tremendous amount of space in behind to be exploited so if united can do similar to what they've done tonight in some ways in terms of getting balls quickly over the top well, i think we've got a real chance to do some damage but it's just whether or not we're able to stay focused and not make any stupid mistakes on the ball and united makes several stupid mistakes on the ball every game and it's how many of those are going to get punished by leads i guess that will decree whether or not we actually have any success in this one
1: yeah, I mean, if, I think if you're if you're a betting man, you you definitely be going to your the the app of your bookmaker of choice and and putting um putting a sizeable sum on for uh plus goals plus more than, <laughs> plus two and a half goals, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a game that both fills me with with optimism and, and pessimism, partially for the reasons you've just said there that Leeds will high press in more intense fashion than any team we play this season. That scares me enormously. Um mm-hmm. you know if as it should as it should as if you know if we're not if we're not awake so when we're not awake in the first 20 25 minutes you know we could really get punished what we all we've been doing really is to, for, for large portions of the, the the season so far is trying to make up for really poor low intensity starts. But as you say Leeds do leave an enormous amount of space and you'd imagine that, that, that Bruno and Rashford and, and the other usual suspects will probably be well placed to take advantage of that but it'll be really interesting to see how Ollie lines this up because you know he's played Pogba tonight in a game where you'd expect and you'd have expected United to have a lot of possession you're not going to get you're not going to get pinned back by Sheffield United and not, not be able to get the ball off them you know you can play Pogba in that kind of game and you can make full use of his creative ability which is what we did but against Leeds he and the rest of the team are going to be fiercely pressed the midfield's going to be incredibly competitive
0: I mean, you can't play Matic and Pogba together in that no. midfield double pivot, can you? Against Leeds, no. you've got to bring Fred and McTominay, which is why I'm assuming they didn't play tonight with that in mind.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely way it's going to pan out, um, and that does that, that does make a lot of sense. You know, I think I think that, that's a sensible call for Molly um, if he does do that, but it's going to be really. A really interesting game because Leeds are struggling more than I imagined. I thought that that, that just the intensity they play at and the the quality of the system really and the coaching would would see them win more games than they have. But they are incredibly frail. I mean, it could be anything, couldn't it? I made a joke about this game tonight being 6-4 or something on Twitter and but I should have probably saved that for the weekend because if any game's going <laughs> to have some sort of insane scoreline it's, it's this United against this Leeds Well,
0: looking at their results going back to the start of November 4-1 against Leicester 4-1 against Palace losses by the way drew 0-0 against Arsenal and then scraped the 1-0 victory at Goodison Park lost to Chelsea and lost to West Ham last Friday so that 5-2 is something of an anomaly the wins lately especially over the last couple of months have often been quite tight apart from that Newcastle one and it's, it's difficult to know really to place it do you know what it feels like it feels like the classic Larry David gift, you know where he's looking he's like, on the one hand United are going to create loads of chances then he tits his head to the other side and thinking on the other hand Leeds are going to press us and we're terrible at coping with the press yeah. but on the other hand United <laughs> are going to get a lot of space in behind but on the other hand United can't cope with Leeds press no, it just it's oh, just a recipe yeah. for chaos, isn't it? I mean,
1: even more chaos than usual.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we look forward to Sunday then. Rich, shall we call it there for the evening anyway? Let's do it with a modicum of positivity to feast on for the next several days because there's games every three days forever. There
1: are there is a good chance that we will score a number of goals against Leeds at the weekend.
0: Hmm. I also agree. I am just worried that we will concede far more than we score. Yes,
1: that that's also very possible. Yeah, we're going to need the uh, the volume, aren't we? All the, the, the beta blockers for the week, weekend. Indeed. Well,
0: indeed, every weekend. There we go guys thank you very much for joining us as always this week and indeed future weeks fingers crossed of course i'm not trying to make too many assumptions but should you wish to talk to us about anything in the meantime please don't forget you can get us on twitter you can get rich at rich red voices me at you and like this and the pod itself at red in the meantime it would be hugely appreciated as you might have heard in the aforementioned ad that i put in earlier on to give us please a review on itunes and some sort of uh, rating that would be fantastic or a subscription on spotify or a rating on ACast. anything along those lines helps us get seen by more people and it really helps us in in huge ways thank you very much and hope you have a wonderful week we should be back actually next week with hopefully if the game against leeds go well the new episode after the visit of marcus Bielsa's side on sunday evening in the meantime take care and good night